Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ave Geeks podcast. I am Sergeant Malin McConnell, and tonight I am joined with Sergeant Jack Anderson. Hello, everyone. And Sergeant Aiden Paul. How's it going? This week's topic will be the Hindenburg disaster. Before we talk about the disaster itself, we should talk about the specifications of the Hindenburg. And to talk about that, we have Sergeant Paul. Thank you, madam. So the Hindenburg was built by the Luftschiffbau Zeppelin Company between the years of 1931 and 1936. It had its first 63 flights, first of 63 flights on March 4th, 1936. It was 804 feet long, which fun fact is only 80 feet shorter than the Titanic, making it the largest object to ever fly. It was 35 feet, 135 feet, my mistake, in diameter, which was a top speed of 74 knots or 135 kilometers. It weighed 242 tons and used 16 gas bags containing 1.7 million cubic feet of hydrogen. So let's get out a good amount of hydrogen, you know. It used four Daimler Benz diesel engines producing 1,100 horsepower each, as well as its cost, which was 12,600,000 Reichsmarks to construct, which adjust, adjusted to modern US dollars would cost 59,700,000. All right, thank you for those specifications, Sergeant Paul. One quick thing I want to say about that is this ship had a top speed of 135 kilometers an hour, like you said, which is faster than we drive on the highway. I just really, I cannot imagine this thing going that fast. I mean, something that's almost the size of the Titanic going faster than most people drive on the highway. That is absolutely insane to think about. All right, so next we're going to be talking about the uh, disaster. So sort of the chain of events that took place. So to talk about that, we have Sergeant Madeline McConnell. So take it away. Thank you, Jack Anderson. On May 3rd, 1937, the Hindenburg departed from Frankfurt, Germany for a three-day flight to Lakehurst, New Jersey. The ship was under command of Captain Max Proust. Also on board was Captain Ernst Lehmann, who was also acting as an observer for the Zeppelin Company, as the return flight was scheduled to carry many dignitaries to the coronation of King George VI. During the flight, the Hindenburg expected stronger than predicted headwinds. This worried Proust and Lehman as it threatened, delay, threatened to delay them. In the afternoon of May 6, the ship approached Lakehurst, but it, but it was ordered to fly south in order to avoid a thunderstorm. After the airship began its final approach. However, the wind changed direction unexpectedly at the last second. And in order to la land safely, the ship had to be facing into the wind. So Captain Proust ordered a series of sharp turns to line it up. During the stage, the crew noticed that the ship was leaning towards the rear. To fix this, the captain ordered ballast to be released from the tail and that some crew members moved to forward to balance the ship. Moments later, as the Hindenburg approached the ground, flames shot up from the tail, and just in 34 seconds, the entire ship was engulfed in flames and it crashed into the ground. Of the 97 passengers and crew on board, 35 were killed, along with one crew member of the ground. All right, thank you, Sergeant McConnell. So this is going to be similar to our true crime episodes. So now that we've read what happened, we've heard the timeline, we're going to actually look into some of the theories. So first of all, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the official investigation that actually happened. 
So immediately after the disaster, a joint U.S.-German investigation team was formed. However, this team was unable to fully prove what happened. Now, in a lot of these cases we've talked about so far, it's always been sort of a cold case. We can never prove definitively what happened. However, I'm confident that after doing a lot of research, watching some documentaries, reading books, I think we have actually found an answer that makes sense and is probably the most logical and reasonable explanation. So the very first theory was that the Hindenburg was sabotaged. The ship was a major propaganda tool for the Nazi party. And for obvious reasons, there are many groups of people who wanted to see it destroyed. This theory was supported by many people, including Captain Proust himself, who survived the crash. In fact, before the flight, Proust and Lehman had been informed of anonymous threats to the ship, but they figured they were just false alarms as they had been in the past. So this ship had actually received a large amount of threats, but each time they received a threat, it turned out to be nothing. So they assumed that it was just going to be that this time. Now, during this, there were actually some passengers who were acting suspiciously. Uh, one of them was a member of the circus who had been traveling around, and investigators figured he fit the description of someone who might be uh, trying to sabotage the aircraft. However, on closer inspection, they found that it would be nearly impossible, first of all, for a person to get up into the ship's superstructure, but secondly, to get up there without someone noticing that. So, Yes, this guy was in the circus and he might have been able to climb up there, but there is no way he would have been able to go up there without a member of the crew walking by and spotting him. So this theory was quickly ruled out. Now, another theory that was raised was that it could have been a fuel leak from one of the four diesel engines. Over this theory can be ruled out for a few reasons. First, diesel burns very slowly and has a high ignition temperature, meaning that it was unlikely for a diesel fire to become out of control so quickly. Secondly, eyewitnesses said that the fire started at the back of the ship near the top, while the engines were near the bottom. So yeah, we can rule out that it was a diesel fire. Now, the next theory is that the ship's skin itself was the cause of the fire. In the first half of the 20th century, the skin of airships was covered in a chemical called dope, which made it waterproof. But unfortunately, dope is also flammable. However, again, dope burns very slowly, just like diesel. In fact, it is estimated that it would have taken almost two days for it to completely burn off the ship. So again, we have to rule this theory out because um, as uh, Flight Corporal McConnell, or sorry, Sergeant McConnell explained, the ship burned up completely in 34 seconds. So we have to be looking for something that burns extremely quickly. And that leads us to our most logical explanation, a hydrogen leak. Now, hydrogen is a very buoyant, but also highly flammable gas that was used to lift airships before helium was widely used. Now, I know we've joked a lot before about, oh, helium was such a bad idea, or sorry, hydrogen was such a bad idea, why didn't they use helium? And there's a very simple answer for that. It was a lot more expensive. Hydrogen was cheap and it was readily available. At the time of the Hindenburg's crash, helium was not only super, super expensive, but it could only really be found in the United States. And because the Nazi party was in power in Germany, the United States had an embargo or they had a lot of very big restrictions so that they could prevent their military buildup. That, however, did cause uh, the Hindenburg, it was actually originally designed to use helium, but they had to change it at last second to hydrogen because they weren't able to import it. Now, hydrogen is actually very, very quickly burning. 
In fact, it has a burn rate of approximately 29 feet per second, which means it could have engulfed the entire ship in just under 30 seconds. So this is already fitting the bill. This already seems like it's our culprit as the ship was engulfed in 34 seconds. So yeah, I think at this point, it is very likely that it was a hydrogen leak. However, this hydrogen leak theory still leaves a few questions unanswered. First of all, anyone with knowledge of chemistry knows that when ignited, hydrogen emits an ultraviolet light, making it impossible to see with the naked eye. With this in mind, why is it that all of the footage of the crash, the fire is bright orange? So there are a ton of very famous photos and videos from this crash, and you can very clearly see the flame shooting out of the ship. If this was a simple hydrogen fire, it would have been impossible to see. So yeah, we need to figure out why was it burning orange? And to figure this out, National Geographic actually performed an experiment back in 2005. So that was just over 15 years ago. That was before any of us were born. And the experiment found that when hydrogen came into contact with the dope and the cotton canvas, or the hydrogen fire, sorry, uh, when it came into contact with the dope and the cotton canvas, it actually burned bright orange. So that answered the question of why the flames were orange. Now, another question that has to be answered is how did the leak start? So German airships had a very good quality build on. They're very safe. So it is very unlikely that hydrogen just started leaking out willy-nilly. Fuel, it was a little more, uh, it, it did leak out a lot more often. Uh, so yeah, these, these were still safe, but yeah, diesel was much more likely to leak out than hydrogen was. Because hydrogen was very essential to the flight. If they, if they let it all drain out, the ship would probably crash. So with this in mind, we have to figure out why it was just randomly leaking out. So to, to figure this out, we have to look at the actions of the captain. So in the final minutes, Proust ordered several sharp turns in order to land into the wind. However, the Hindenburg was not designed to make such sharp turns, and the crew was actually advised by the Zeppelin company that it could cause damage to the airframe. In fact, it was very common in tight turns for bracing wires to snap. If this had happened, it could have ripped a hole in one of the ship's gas bags, which would have started the leak. So now we've figured out um, where the leak was, how the leak started, and why the fire got so large. But that still doesn't explain how the fire started. So in order for hydrogen to burn, there would have to be a spark to ignite it. It doesn't just blow up randomly. So one theory was that the ship was actually struck by lightning. This would make sense as there were thunderstorms in the area. However, none of the witnesses reported seeing the ship struck by lightning. This was also not seen in any of the pictures or the videos. Therefore, it had to be something else. Well, the next theory explains that. The next theory was that it could be static electricity. So as an airship flies, it gathers thousands of volts of static electricity similar to a balloon when you rub it on your hair. And this effect was dramatically increased when flying through areas of intense electrical charge. And as I just said, like a minute ago, there had been a thunderstorm in the area not half an hour before the ship came in. Now, while the ship was airborne, it is safe. Uh, and that was because all areas of the ship would have the exact same electrical charge. But the second any part of it touched the ground, the balance would change and that would lead to a massive problem. So in the footage of the disaster, as the ship prepared to land, we can see the crew lowering the mooring ropes. Um, so what these were, were on the front of the ship, there were two ropes that would be dropped down by the ship's crew and they'd be grabbed by the ground crews. 
so that the ship wouldn't just float away while the passengers were being offloaded. The problem is, though, the second these touched the ground, the, um, the aluminum, uh, the aluminum frame, the static charge in that would instantly fall to zero. However, because the skin was made of cotton and canvas, it was, it was less likely, it was less able to conduct the electricity well, which meant it stayed in that area. Now, because uh, electricity tries to travel to the ground as quickly as possible in the shortest route, the, um, the electricity, the static electricity from the canvas jumped to the aluminum frame. However, that caused a large amount of sparks. That is why the ship blew up in the final minutes of flight. It could have blown up easily 10 minutes beforehand. And with that, we now figure out what the reason was. So as the ship prepared to land, the captain made a series of very sharp turns, which he was not supposed to do. Um, in fact, after the crash, the head of the Zeppelin company even said that that was a likely cause for it. And during that time, one of the bracing wires snapped and it ripped open a hydrogen bag, which started to leak. Then as the ship prepared to land, it gathered a lot of static electricity. Then when the mooring ropes touched the ground, the static charge in the aluminum frame instantly fell to zero. Well, the skin stayed the same, meaning that it had to jump into the, into the uh, skeleton of the ship, which caused sparks to fly and boom. That was what ignited the explosive hydrogen. So that means we can fully conclude that this accident was a combination of pilot error, poor weather conditions, and a flawed design. And this all came together to destroy the largest flying machine in history. So now quickly, we are going to talk about the aftermath of what happened to the uh, Zeppelin industry and the airship industry after the Hindenburg crash. So to do that, we now have Sergeant McConnell. So take it away. Thank you. So following the Hindenburg disaster, all airships in Germany were grounded and the construction of new ones were canceled. This disaster, in addition to the development of airplane technology, ended the commercial airship industry. Hydrogen was also banned to use onboard airships, and it was being replaced by helium. All right. Thank you, Sergeant McConnell. So, yeah, she summed it up very perfectly there. Essentially, this accident killed the airship industry. Before this, there had been several major accidents, including uh, ships from the United States Navy and from the UK. And those, those accidents were very major, and they were... They're sort of some of the nails in the coffin, but this one, this accident with the German Zeppelin company, which had a 100% safety rating at the time, was the final nail that completely killed the airship industry and the Zeppelin industry. Now, with all that said, that is just about our time for this week. So I'd like to thank you again for listening to the AFGeeks podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Goodbye, everyone.